Think about it if you're going to try to sell somebody on an idea that you have and you enter into it from, I'm certain I can make this happen from my brain, I'm trying to convince myself. But if I can actually find the feeling of certain and then hold it, that's a very different presentation that you make to that person sitting in front of you. But there's an interesting aspect of this. You shift to the word capable. Now, would you be capable? There's a slight different sensation in the feeling. Or if you add the word happy to it, a whole different sensation in the feeling. But there's something fascinating if you play with three words, like certain, capable, happy, and you kind of just feel back and forth between the three of them, and then decide, I'm going to be certain, capable, and happy. There's something that happens in the geometry of three where those words kind of lock into place as a feeling. It's not one or the other, it's just like, yes, this is who I am. Welcome to the Standout CEO Show, your gateway to building a standout business with your personal brand. And today we're talking all about how your personal energy management can lead to success and lead to ease. So here are my questions for today's episode. What would it be like? I want you to imagine this. What would it be like if you gave yourself permission to simply be yourself? Or if you gave yourself permission to be successful or to succeed? Or what would you do if you actually believed that you were capable or if you were certain of the outcome? If you, as an entrepreneur, had these belief systems inside of you, what would your life and work challenges be like if they could actually be met with ease? Well, this is the work and these are the questions that we're gonna dive into today with my guest, Jim Self. He is an international speaker, he's an author, and he's a leader in the field of personal energy management. And he's also the co-founder of A Course in Mastering Alchemy. And he's been a successful entrepreneur in his own right. He's gonna share some of his tools for personal growth that can help you move beyond limiting self-beliefs and harness your energy for positive change. So, Jim Self, welcome to the show. Brad, nice to be here. My pleasure. <laughs> All right. So, so to start this off, I want to try and describe some of the landscape that we're currently living in from your perspective right now. And I know one of the things, one of the metaphors that you like to use in terms of one of the challenges that we're all facing is that we all are carrying something on our back, this backpack, <laughs> this thing that we've loaded up ever since we were born, and it's becoming increasingly heavy with thoughts and feelings and emotions and things that we have chosen to take on as our identity and as our personal beliefs. So could you describe that state of mind? Sure, absolutely. And you used a really powerful word, in your introduction, permission. And it's an interesting word because people grow up with non-permission. I don't give you permission. You can't do this. And permission is perceived as something somebody gives you. But in real terms, you own permission. Permission is something that you have. I have the ability to create, to go do and, and play on my own terms. 
but I don't give you permission. So this backpack that we all walk around with, when you kind of get very much into present time and ask yourself, what's in my way of being successful or happy or whatever it may be, to a great extent, it's the mom, dad, teacher, minister of our lives. They didn't give us permission. You're not okay. You don't deserve. You can't. You're never going to succeed. All of those one-liners that others who have kind of a dominance, I say that positively, I mean, you're growing up and they're taking care of you and, and they love you. Let's give them all the benefit of the doubt right there. And I want you to be successful and I'm going to create you in my image. I just kind of hear that lightly because I only know what I know, so I can only teach you and give you, direct you based on my terms. But they grew up with their mom, that teacher minister too. And so times change. And quite often, one of the things that we all grow up with is everybody else's fear that we're not going to be successful or everybody else's need to control you so you don't get out of control. So sit down, stay over there, don't do this, you can't do that. And so we are kind of shaped into this energy. But when you really think about it in the terms of where you're asking the question from, is people who are set on a path of being successful, all of a sudden in their own right, when they're in their own energy line, let's call it, I'm going to create a new company, I'm going to build a new product. And they're very excited about it. And then it comes right up to things like asking for a loan or basically telling somebody this is what we're going to do. And you run right into that. I don't have permission. Uh, I'm going to fail. I'm not going to be successful. So those are all actually belief systems. And this is kind of outrageous. But basically, many of the structures you live your life on aren't your beliefs. There's somebody else's beliefs that I'm just doing what I was told. And so when you start to have the ability to step back and a, a, a concept that is strange to people is get into present time, get into right now, because you only live right now. You don't live five minutes ago or five minutes from now. And when you can begin to be in present time and start to ask yourself, is this sense of lack of success or fear or hesitation mine? Does it have any value to me? And in present time, you can ask it and answer the question, yes or no. But if you are spending your time focused on the past, well, they told me and I, I failed in geometry and my teacher said, then you're basically living your life through a filter of a past construct. Yeah, I I just want to underline that comment about everybody else's fear of us not conceding, succeeding. <laughs> it's, it's really like we're surrounded by that. It comes at, from all directions and, you know, all our mentors, all our, you know, anyone who's ever tried to do anything, all of your friends and family will look at you with that same fear. You know, they're saying, oh, I don't think you're going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's really very pervasive. And when you start to deal with the concept of energy, this gets strange for some people, is have you ever looked at somebody and basically said they're not OK, they don't believe in themselves, they don't have any confidence? Well, 
what you're looking at somebody carrying around, I'm not okay. And then that's their belief system. And then when they try to engage in creating from a place of strength, success, capability, that's what people see. It's kind of sitting in this energy field around the body. Every, every organic thing has this energy field. And in that energy field is the vibrational construct of other people saying you're not okay. And then you believing it. You know, how many times have you said hello to somebody and they go, oh, I'm okay. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, wait, I don't think so. That's how we present. And yet that person has no sense of them presenting from a place of lack. Yeah. One of the things that has struck me in listening to you talk on webinars, and, and I've actually been in your level one program for a little while now, and you use, you talk about different words that we can embody, and they're very simple. And it's words like, am I capable or am I certain? And, and the thing that I love about this work and this approach is that it's so practical in terms of during the day, I can be doing whatever thing I'm doing. I can be washing the dishes or I can be riding my bike or I can be putting my shoes on. <laughs> and I can simply say to myself, am I capable <laughs> of riding my bike? Or am I certain that while I'm riding here that I can keep on going to get into the feeling that yes, capability is part of who I am and, and being certain of these things is part of my inner, internal belief. So can you embellish on that, like take that further and, and describe sort of what are the words that are most useful to us in this way? See, there are two, cat, two aspects of yourself. There's the thinker, the rational mind, we'll call it, and the feeler. And let's call it the heart. And in that heart space, everything is in well-being. But what happens if I said to you, are you, have you ever been certain or are you certain? Well, the rational mind jumps in and says, oh, yeah. Do you know what certainty is? Oh, sure. I know what certainty is. Well, that's a response that doesn't have any feeling to it. But if I said to you, take a breath, close your eyes, and would you feel certain? That's a very different experience than thinking. And so if you can begin to recognize that everything is about vibrations and to a great extent about feelings. So if I can find the feeling of certain, and I'm sitting there with my eyes closed, my shoulders go up, I sit up straighter, I take a deeper breath. It's like, how does that feel, certainty? And all of a sudden it's like, well, I like this. But see, that's a choice of beginning to choose a feeling and aligning yourself from a feeling and aligning self from your mind. Think about it if you're going to try to sell somebody on an idea that you have and you enter into it from, I'm certain I can make this happen from my brain. I'm trying to convince myself. But if I can actually find the feeling of certain and then hold it, that's a very different presentation that you make to that person sitting in front of you. Yeah, completely. And I just think that this regular practice of just, for example, when I think about other kinds of practices, like say, different types of meditation, you know, the practice of meditation is bringing yourself into the present. And so we can go and sit and meditate. We can be in a beautiful space. We can be in a quiet room. We can do that kind of thing. But then when you leave that, 
and you go out and are confronted by the real world and all these different inputs and stimuli and things that are now buffering you with self-doubt. All of that feeling, all of the things that you might have had in that moment of meditation fly out the window yes. <laughs> and are no longer with you. But this, this strikes me as something that is super useful, very practical, real easy sort of, it's in my pocket as a, as a Swiss army knife and I can just pull this out and go, huh, okay, well, I'm, I'm tying my shoes. I feel pretty certain that I can do this and it's my feeling, you know, and it, it applies with pretty much everything you do. <laughs> so, you know, I can get on here and go, well, you know, I'm interviewing someone <laughs> on a live video podcast and before and during the time that I'm doing this, I can be reminding myself, you know, I'm capable of, of talking and I'm capable of asking questions and I'm capable of, et cetera, you know, and it just, I find it just useful as a thing to recall in the moment ongoing with every, every facet of life. Sure. And, but it's a feeling, it's not a thought. And there's another part to this that gets really fascinating when you start to play with these words as feelings. So, so if you said to yourself, I'm going to be certain, well, I've never been certain a person might actually believe, you know, they've told me I'm not okay. But you point to, can I tie my shoes? Are, are you sure you can tie your shoes? Are you certain? Yeah, I'm certain. All of a sudden there's a feeling from that place. But there's an interesting aspect of this. You shift to the word capable. Now, would you be capable? There's a slight different sensation in the feeling. Or if you add the word happy to it, a whole different sensation in the feeling. But there's something fascinating. If you play with three words, like certain, capable, happy, and you kind of just feel back and forth between the three of them, and then decide, I'm going to be certain, capable, and happy. There's something that happens in the geometry of three where those words kind of lock into place as a feeling. It's not one or the other. It's just like, yes, this is who I am. And as you begin to play with it as a feeling, it begins to be your natural state of being. And quite a bit of the I'm not OK, I don't deserve, I don't have permission starts to fall away because that's not your normal state of being. I'm not OK. Well, this thing of that thought and the belief system of I'm not okay, the, you know, the opposite is, well, actually, I, I kind of like myself. <laughs> and this is something that you talk about quite a bit. So go a little bit deeper there in terms of moving in that direction of actually deciding and feeling that we like ourselves. Yeah, well, I like, I'm, I like myself as a hard place to get when I've been told I'm not okay, I'm stupid, I'm never going to succeed, etc. So when you can begin to practice at being okay when it doesn't count, big concept, just practice when it doesn't count. I'm going to look at the door and say, I'm going to walk through the door and walk through it and then say, good job, I'm successful. I mean, as silly as that sounds, it begins to establish this space that I'm okay. And in that I'm okay, I all of a sudden have on occasion, a recognition, I'm smiling for no reason. I'm enjoying myself for no reason. And for some people, when they recognize that, they just burst into tears because that's not a place that they spend any time or have, have permission. Well, I appreciate your sense of humor around smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard you comment around, you know, 
you're talking in the moment of helping people conjure these kinds of feelings and then inviting them to smile and and then saying it's an advanced it's it's really for the advanced, advanced students only <laughs> yeah and you have to laugh at that right or exactly or, so how can you not <laughs> it's a really good way to encourage people to smile because it's funny <laughs> yeah it's your natural state of being you we work really hard at being not okay we don't work at, there's no work in being okay yeah. But it's like wearing a shirt that's too small or shoes that don't fit and then trying to be happy. It doesn't work real well when you're holding on to all those other people's beliefs and fears. Yeah. So if you can relate this work to your time as an entrepreneur and even up to the present, because part of what you're doing now is entrepreneurial, you know, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial work is involving a ton of risk usually. And it, you know, the solopreneur, at least the myth of the solopreneur is that they're all by themselves, taking a leap of faith of one kind or another. And even the most confident individual is going to have and be confronted by issues of doubt, issues of risk, issues of, oh my gosh, am I really going to be able to do this? So in your own experience, how have you applied this in that kind of setting? Well, first, just understand all that exists and it's real. You know, can I do this? That's a very real question, even from certainty and capable. You know, you, you can be 100% into it and the person you're needing to help you there walks away. So, so you got to recognize that some of those... But in this case of a doubt, it's like, okay, how do I get around this? Two things that have been really helpful for me as an as a entrepreneur and a builder of companies, because I've built and sold lots of companies, is I recognize that I have to plan three times and the first two are wrong. Now, <laughs> wrong is not a failure. Wrong is I can't be in Sydney and London on the same day as I thought I could have in my first plan. So you basically recognize that the plan is going to have some kind of flaw not a failure. You just basically allow that by the time you get to the third iteration, it usually works. The other thing that I find very helpful in my reality is I plan backwards. I basically go to the place of being successful, complete, and I feel it. It's like I can close my eyes and I can shake the hand of my new partner and I can receive the check at the same time and I can feel that success. So then I basically say to myself, what do I need to do today to get to that place six weeks out in front of me? And I basically start backing it down from where I was being successful. What did I do to get to the handshake? What did I do to get to building the product? And I back it down to the point where what do I need to do today to get to tomorrow? I don't really spend a lot of time. I, I know my plan's going to work. And so it's like, okay, what's the, where do I put my foot down next? And if I can stay in that space and be in present time with, okay, I've got six things to do. What is the thing that I need to do most that'll get my result right now? It becomes a very simple holding that concept and just stepping into the next action. Yeah. And, and all along the way, another thing that you talk about a lot is just this state of happiness. And I've just been reading a book called The Power of Fun which is a really wonderful dive on this topic. And she talks about, as she's 
trying to describe fun and any form of happiness as not a particular activity. Like it's not, you know, people, when you ask people, well, what's fun for you? And they'll say, oh, I like playing tennis or I like playing bridge with my friends or I like, you know, running around with my kids or whatever it is. They're, they're describing an activity. And she's saying, no, it's, it's not that. <laughs> it's, it's much more around, first of all, actually doing something with other people. That's part of it. And it's also doing something in a playful way. And so what's, how do you see that particular state, that feeling? Well, what is fun? And fun is I just did something and I smiled. I mean, really keep it simple. It's like, just like that. It's like, yes, that was good. I felt enjoyment. I felt good. I felt comfortable. I felt at ease. I was smiling. I was appreciating. That's really what happens when you're having fun. You know, it's like I felt success. It's that yes feeling. But there's a smile with it. There's an ease to it. There's an appreciation with it. But when you hear that, those are all heart words. There, that's your natural state of being. It's it's not like oh well that was good, but I have to go to work now. There's no fun in that. As soon as you bring that rational mind into the construct, you wind up beginning to make the pot make the pot smaller and smaller. But it's that free, easy space that you smile and go, yes, that was great. Yeah. So let's talk about that idea of ease a little bit. You know, what would it be like if this was easy is a really good question. <laughs> yeah. Ease is an interesting word. It's actually very dynamic and it's very deep. And people hear that the first time and it's like, eh, what are you talking about? But ease is this space where you just take a breath and kind of drop into it. And when you begin to play in feelings, I appreciate, I'm happy, I'm having fun, I'm enjoying. In those feelings, what happens is that ease begins to be a way where, this will sound strange too, everything starts to come to you. One of the things that we've been taught is you have to go to the world to have the world tell you you're okay, approve of you, give you permission. And so there's always an edge around that. What if they don't? But this space of happiness in your own reality, that smile, all of a sudden you find that things start to come to you, which is the natural state of the game. But we work so hard at getting everybody else's approval that we forget that we can just kind of take a breath and find this state of ease. And literally, when you play there, amazingly, things work. Yeah, they're working so hard at getting everybody else's approval. I mean, here we are, you and I are talking virtually. We're connected over the internet. And definitely in the last few years, we've seen this trend where the way people interact has been through this virtual means more than ever. And the way entrepreneurs reach and interact and connect with their audience and their clients and their customers is in a similar manner, often done on social media, just like we're now streaming on social media now. And talk about this trend of people seeking approval from others. It seems like the internet and social media has magnified that more than ever. You know, it's definitely a sign of our times. Yeah, it's a sign of our times. And the interesting part is when you start looking at teenagers in this context and you ask them, are you happy? Right. They're not. 
Yeah. You know, they've, they've got this whole genre created and they're, you know, happy to put naked pictures on their screen type of thing, just metaphorically across the board. And yet, are you happy with this engagement with a machine? And there's a tremendous loss in that space. We're going in a very different direction than we've ever gone before. It's, from my point of view, it's going to be quite fabulous when we arrive, but it's going to be extremely bumpy on the journey. <laughs> yeah, it's like that scene from Harry Potter where they're in the night bus and the driver is saying, it's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're getting towards the end of our time. I've got some comments that I'm going to get to in a minute. But um, if if we just sort of barely scratch the surface here, so I know like there's other things that we could talk about. If there's one thing that you'd like to share with people who are tuning in, what would that be? Well, I would say it's around this word choice. See, something happens when you keep your attention in the past, hoping that that never happens again, whatever we have buried real deep and then worrying about the future you're not in present time and in that circumstance you're in reaction all the time but when you begin to take a breath and give yourself permission to just sit in the chair you all of a sudden recognize i have a choice to sit in the chair or not it's when you recognize this word choice becomes an opportunity to navigate yourself rather than being in that state of reaction and fear and concern and do they like me all the time. And that begins to be so subconscious that it just, it's literally killing you. It's basically that stress level in the body is just on. And so this word choice, do I need to sit in this energy, this fear, begins to be a really very important place to start to consider. I couldn't agree more. There's a whole school of thought around choice theory. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's great. All right. Well, I really, really appreciate you coming on today. This is a fantastic conversation that is needed to be had often by lots of us. So I really welcome the opportunity. Thanks to everyone who's tuning in. And Jim, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And if people want to get in touch with you, they been listening to this and they're going, okay, how do I find out more? I want to know about mastering alchemy myself. What would be the best thing for them to do? Uh, Masteringalchemy.com. Easy. Easiest place to find us. (laughs) All right. Well, I'll make sure that links to your site are in the show notes. And thanks again for coming on today. This has been really great. Great. My pleasure, Brad. Have a great day. And thank you for listening. I just want to remind you that if you're here listening at the end and you want to go and binge the entire archive, the entire series of the Standout CEO Show, you can go to StandoutCEOShow.com and all the video, all the audio is there in the archive. We go live every Tuesday, every Thursday at 11 a.m. The best way to join us is live. And until the next time, thanks so much. So long. So long.